You're listening to Avid Research. Avid Research. Avid Research. An Australian STEM podcast. Where we answer the questions you never quite got around to asking. Welcome back to the show team. My name's Amelia and today we have yet another awesome guest on the show. We have another almost doctor. We've got Gayathri, who is a second year PhD candidate at Menzies Institute in Tassie. Welcome to the show, Gayathri. Thank you so much, Amelia. Thanks a lot for (laughs) inviting me to the show today. It's an absolute pleasure. Hopefully starting with an easy question. What is your job? So I am a second year PhD candidate at Menzies in Utah. And my job is to say simple, it is to do research. That is so my project is on preeclampsia. It is serious by pregnancy complication and its association with later life a cardiovascular disease or short to say heart disease in women. So I'll be looking onto the genomic aspects of both and find like shared genomic risk factors. So, yeah, that's mainly what I do. Okay, that sounds very technical. Are you able to give us a bit of like an outline of what preeclampsia is? Yeah. So I think before going on to preeclampsia, I'll give you like a broader view of what my project is. So like if when I start, so like cardiovascular disease or like simpler term is heart disease in women is one of the leading causes of illness and death like around the world. So mainly cardiovascular disease in women has a lack of a prioritization or knowledge or awareness in, at a health strategy or medical level compared to that of men. And there are many women-specific CVD risk factors that has to be looked into, which is slacking. So pregnancy complication, there are many pregnancy complications, hypertensive disorders of pregnancy, metabolic disorders. And so this is one of the women-specific uh, risk factor of cardiovascular disease. So among pregnancy complications, hypertensive disorders of pregnancy is one of the main uh, factors that leads to CVD risks or cardiovascular risk. And preeclampsia is a serious pregnancy complication that can affect multiple systems of the body. And it is easily diagnosed by increased hypertension that is after 20 weeks of gestation and increased amount of protein in urine. And only way to save a mother or a fetus from preeclampsia or the baby from preeclampsia is delivery of the baby or placenta, which is there like before giving birth. I think you know what placenta is. So that is the only way. And most of other people, what they think is that like delivery of the baby will solve everything and that it is a happy ending. But that's not the case always, like because after a woman has uh, encountered preeclampsia, they are at higher risk in developing heart disease later in their life compared to normal women. So that is what I'm looking into. So we don't yet know like what the underlying biology is between these diseases. So maybe like looking onto their, you know, genetic aspects would give a better idea on what is the underlying genomic risk and maybe like what is the underlying biology between both. That's fascinating. Like it's fascinating because I think often we think, okay, a woman's pregnant, then she has birth. And now she's a mum and that's it. Like there's no, 
we don't sort of think about like the physical ongoing things that happen to the woman's body after she's given birth. So yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's why even I chose this topic from many that was available from the available projects in Utah. Like it's very fascinating to know and understand more about, you know, women and the physiological changes during the pregnancy and how it is affecting them later in life. And trying my best to contribute or like do my contribution, even in a little way. <laughs> How are you doing this research? Like, are you taking samples from a whole lot of different people or working with mice or just talking to people? No, so mine is not an animal study. So mine is a human research. So I've got ethics and stuff from few pop, like cohorts and populations. So I'll be getting like data with like the, their DNA sequences and stuff, like sequence DNA samples, and I'll be analyzing them and finding out um, the genetics part of it, like the where or which part of which area it lies. And so to say, I don't know if I have to explain everything. So I was just trying to say how to tell it precise. So it is more of like analyzing data or DNA sequences from the patients who have had preeclampsia and will be also following up during their later life and seeing if they have developed CVD, that is one of it. And we'll be also checking on like data which is available from 90s and how they are now, like when they develop preeclampsia and how they are now if they have developed CVD and then seeing if there is like anything common between these two, that is the, or if there is any genes that is common between these two. So that's be all done using my computer, so using softwares and stuff. So there's nothing that is lab-based in what I'm doing. Sounds like there'd be a lot of big data. Yeah, big data, precisely. That is the whole thing, yeah. Analyzing big data, yep. What technologies are you using? So like the sequencing of the DNA will be done using high-throughput sequencing machines, and that's the data I'll be getting. And then I'll be analyzing using different softwares like R and Blink, and there is a few softwares which I'll be using for analyzing further data and combining them with all the stats. Yes, a lot of stats. Yeah, a lot of stats. I'm still a beginner in learning stats. So yeah, know how it's going to go. <laughs> This is one of the best ways to learn, right, is to have a big problem you want to solve. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. Yep. What does an average day at work look like for you? Yeah, so it's so different. Like each day is so different for me. But so what I usually do is like mainly put a task that I have to complete in like do a checklist that I have to complete like in a month. And then someday it will be I'll dedicate a day just for reading and literature and some days it will be just writing and some days it will be analysis so it's not fixed at all it totally depends on my mood like what i want to do oh the idea of working according to your mood sounds very nice i'll be honest <laughs> yeah at least the one good thing is that it's flexible it's not like i have to finish this in next day or anything there is a bit of time so quite flexible in that way in what I have to do. So yeah, that's good. Have you found anything particularly exciting in your literature review? Yeah, so 
first what I did was like a systematic review. So I had screened almost like 12,000 papers and I only got like oh my gosh. <laughs> five papers that was relevant to my study. So that was quite interesting for me. So it gave me a stronger, like, yeah, it gave me an assurance that, okay, yeah, I can do this. And yeah, I'm on the right track. So that was very interesting. There was only five papers that have done sort of like what you're doing now. Yeah, what I'm doing. Because a lot of people have mentioned that there is like relationship between these like preeclampsia and CBD, but they have not actually shown any evidence when it comes to genetics part of it. There is like clinical part of it. But even then, we are not yet sure what their ultimate biology is or still they are like, okay, this may be the reason or, but yeah, so only five papers were there which showed the genomic risk between these two so that is quite interesting so it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity for the work that you're doing i guess to really be important right yes that's what i believe <laughs> and that's important it's very important you believe that yeah what's your favorite part of your job at the moment my favorite part is obviously like as I mentioned, it's quite flexible and I can decide when to do what. And also another thing is like, I can work from anywhere because it's computer-based. And also analyzing this big data is going to be like, I'm still, I'm just going to start with my big data analysis. Quite going to be quite exciting because I usually really like, you know, taking the challenge of what people think is hard, like, especially like analysis part is a bit hard for, or it's a part where most people think is boring or <laughs> where they find it quite confusing or difficult. So that's why I wanted to do this part and help others or maybe like become an expert. I don't know when, but in the future <laughs> in analysis and stats and all of that. So I'm really enjoying the process of learning. That's fantastic because we need more people, like everyone who comes on this podcast, it's like we need more people who can deal with the big data and do the analysis. Exactly, yeah. So that's what I thought about because there are a lot of people doing lab stuff and but not many people, like now there are, but yeah. So that was one of the reasons why I chose Dry Lab. What was your pathway to get to where you are now? Like for say from high school to a second year PhD student. So I always wanted to do something in biology that was like fixed by very young age, like from my fifth grade or something, because biology was the subject which I loved. So in high school, I did bio, bi biology and in informatics, like computer, because I used to hate Macs. So I was like, I can do anything but not Macs. So there was an option to choose computer and biology. And I chose that. And then I was too scared to be a doctor. So I was like, what will be the other opportunities in biology that I can do? And then there was this new field then that was biotechnology engineering. So it was like four years of biology, but different technologies and various things. It was like heaps of many things. So I was like, okay, I'll do that and maybe decide something that I like. And then I did biotechnology engineering that was back in India. And then I moved to Australia, that's at Curtin University in Perth for my master's in molecular medicine. 
So I was like, okay, maybe I'll do a bit more on molecular biology and like genetics part of it. But even this course, it was like very vast. They gave like a lot of broad divisions. Only then I realized even in this sub part of it, it's all very broad. And I yeah, thought you were stuck in between. <laughs> so during my master's project, so we had to do like master's course, we had to do like a project, like a research project. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll, so I had few units like bio, which was kind of like bioinformatics and like all these stats and its things. So I was like, it was hard for me, but I wanted to learn more. So I thought I'll do a project and see if I like, and then I did a similar project in my master's and my supervisor was like very supportive. And then I kind of liked it. So I asked my supervisor, like if there were any PhD projects that he could offer me. So I um, saw so this project, which interested me a lot. And that's how I ended up in PhD. So he moved to Tasmania. So yeah, <laughs> I moved here. So that's how I'm here. <laughs> that's a lovely story. And, you know, Tassie isn't the worst place to end up. What was it about biology that you loved in the first place? Especially like when they were teaching plant, it was a bit boring for me, but I, I was very fascinated with the human body and the animal part. <laughs> a lot of processes happening. And so even then, during my high school days, I think I used to Google and see why is that happening? Why is this happening? I was very curious then. And I yeah, like everyone does, I used to even Google and try to find out what, what was wrong with me and why was that happening and random stuff like that. So that's when I was like, yeah, I should do this. <laughs> That's the main, that's my main thing, <laughs> like research. I think that's a pretty solid sign that it's um, a good path for you to follow if you're just that curious. Yeah. Do you have a favorite biology fact? Biology fact. Like the whole human body is so fascinating for me. Like you, to think about like each organ is like so, it's doing so much. <laughs> yeah, biology fact is like the whole, the, I mean, the... I don't know which one to choose, Dusty. <laughs> I've asked you which one of your children is your favorite. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like if you ask me one thing, I'm like, there are three billion, like the whole DNA is like three billion. Which, I don't know which one to choose, like biology fact. I don't know how to put that into words. What about a favorite fact about pregnancy? So I can say one of the fascinating biology fact is like the whole human genome has like three billion base pairs like the whole genome contains approximately like three billion base pairs and now they have sequenced the whole thing without any gaps um i noticed just recently they have like sequenced the whole genome like that three billion without any gaps so i think that is quite fascinating that's just so big like you can't even hold that number in your head yeah yeah, analyzing that or a bit of that will be quite interesting. Do you have any idea like which part of the genome you'll be looking at? Or is it just sort of like anything where there's a pattern? So um, what I'll be looking is like, you know, called single nucleotide polymorphism. So it's like po mutations that happens in a sequence and there'll be like a reference sequence available and then we'll be comparing between both. And then we can identify a part of it or like a location. Okay, this is where something is happening. So that may be associated to this disease or like a characteristic or a trait. 
So yeah, that's how I'm going to identify. So looking for patterns and seeing, I guess, what recurs. Yeah. Hmm. I'm excited for where your PhD is going to take you. <laughs> it's going to be cool. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Was there any like key event or thing that happened on this path that's led you like or like helped you keep going was like any of those light bulb moments where you're like oh yeah I guess so in my family like there were a few people who were having this condition like preeclampsia like one of my aunts and then she passed away during her like middle age with cardiovascular diseases so I was like maybe even this would have been the reason and I was like it would be like it's not like it happens to everyone but then it might be something to consider so i was like it will be really helpful if we get to know who is at risk and and maybe educate them and give them more awareness from the later life cvd events that could occur so it's not like it's happening to everyone but i feel like it's still happening because almost 3 to 8% of pregnancies are preeclamptic around the world so yeah i think that was one of the events i was like yeah i should i should do this <laughs> and i'm very sorry for the loss of your aunt but hopefully the research will help be able to help other people in the future and that'd be all yeah i think having a personal connection to your research can really help definitely keep you going yeah so that's when i started thinking about you know maybe one of the reasons but we didn't know at least i it's not like i'll be able to find out everything or maybe like you know give a bit of insights would be great well hopefully that drive will be beneficial for your work yep <laughs> thank you have you got any advice that you consider uh, that you would give to a young person who is considering maybe doing a phd say someone who's like just finishing up their honors maybe the first thing is to have a lot of patience. That is one of the key things you have to have during your PhD, and that I learned <laughs> during this journey of mine. Like even when I write, I'll be like, okay, this is this is not the final. So whenever I save my documents, I don't save dot final now. There's a lot of revisions to be done in that. So yeah, one of the main things is to have patience, and then another thing is to believe in yourself. Like imposter syndrome is like very common that is to feel like you don't know anything or you just ended up here with your luck or something so i think and believing in yourself is one of the main things and just to keep going i think these are few things and skills they'll get obviously during their phd some journey they'll acquire all the skills they need but the first thing is to have confidence which i am very bad at like being confident in myself no I think that's definitely a skill you can improve on and you're on a podcast so I think you have every reason to feel confident but there's some some beautiful pieces of advice for well all students really yeah are there any myths or misconceptions in your field like I'm particularly thinking about preeclampsia and even women with cardiovascular disease like are there any myths that you see out there that you'd like to take this opportunity to bust 
yeah so that is one of the things like which i mentioned earlier itself like mainly people believe that uh, delivery of the baby would solve everything but that is the main thing i have to emphasize that it is not the end stage and this can lead to many other complications in their later life may in the cardiovascular disease so i think it is good to have it's not to scare or anything but it's good to be aware of what is happening or if you attend to have or develop anything and main thing is that women usually develop you know cardiovascular diseases or heart diseases in their later or middle age compared to men so it will be hard to identify what the actual cause is because there will be many other underlying conditions that is developing then so i think it will be good to be aware of this and give like a targeted guidance to those at risk or something yeah would be great prevention definitely being better than cure here yeah <laughs> yeah and I, i i think we can definitely bust the myth that um delivering the baby solves all your problems mm. is there anything else we haven't talked about today that you would like to take this opportunity to share yeah so i was an international student like i'm still an international student like so moving to a different country i was like initially i was like so scared how it is going to end up or like and um, especially like you know with not knowing many people and then being in a new country and being away from home and especially like during these times it was like really hard so yeah i think i just want more international students to go and explore whatever they want to do and this is like a shout out to them as well being away from home and doing their best <laughs> and you have picked one of the hardest times in known history to try and do a phd <laughs> exactly so yeah i think what that was one of the um, things which was a bit hard for me like being away from home and not able to go back to home and just trying to survive <laughs> survive and do cutting edge research at the same time yeah <laughs> Okay, so definitely a shout out to particularly all the international students who have been cut off from their homes and support networks because it has been an incredibly tough two to three years now and in a time where it's tough already because you're going trying to do research and do something new and uh, in a place that isn't your home. And that's really hard work. <laughs> and also I would like to thank my supervisors like, really well because that's why I'm here and they have been like immense support like throughout this journey and like for believing in you know me and so and a big shout out to them as well. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you wanted to give a shout out and a virtual high five to someone but we're already giving virtual high fives to all the international students and to your supervisor? Yeah Philip Melton and Eric Moses and Hoan Fan so they are my supervisors and Yeah, they've been helping me so much. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you've got some good supervisors. It makes all the difference. Exactly. Yeah. So, to wrap up, I would like to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Almost Dr. Gayatri, you are doing an amazing job and we are looking forward to seeing what you produce. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, please pass it on to someone else who you think might enjoy it as well. And if you want to support Avid Resets this year, that would be amazing. Uh, You can buy us a coffee, head to avidresearch.com.au and there'll be a link, buy me a coffee, and you can support us with a one-off little coffee payment. Thanks so much for listening. You're a legend.